Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Make a difference. Relish a great work life balance. Enjoy generous benefits and competitive pay. Go home each night feeling fulfilled by your work. Work for an employer of choice. Work for Blue Ridge Hospice. We're always looking to hire compassionate RNs, CNAs, or anyone interested in office or thrift shop work. We've been your not-for-profit community hospice since 1981. Visit our website for more information or to apply today at blueridgehospice.org. That's blueridgehospice.org. Blue Ridge Hospice is an equal opportunity employer. Hello, I'm Claire from Wild Ginger Running, the trail and ultra running YouTube channel. And this is the podcast version of my weekly live chat with an athlete, coach or other running expert. The link to the original film on YouTube is in the show notes. Check out my Instagram and YouTube channel for more training advice, inspiration and gear reviews. Everything is Wild Ginger Running and my blog is wildgingerrunning.co.uk. Support me on Patreon if you enjoy this free advice at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Enjoy this podcast and see you next week for more. Good evening and Hello. welcome to the Scotney Wild Ginger Takeover. It's great to have you along with us this evening. Hope you're joining us live on YouTube or if you're taking us out on your run on a podcast or listening to us on the podcast. It's great to have you along this evening. And it's the beginning of March and uh, there's one or two changes happening. There's kind of some restrictions of lockdown going to be happening at the end of the month and races look like they're going to be starting to happen as well and things are getting booked. Are they? <laughs> have you booked anything? Well, yeah, I've, well, I've, I've, well, I've actually booked a haircut. <laughs> I've booked my first haircut. Those who have maybe been watching us every week can see that I'm kind of getting that Robinson Crusoe look going a bit more and more and getting even a mullet. I think I might even be heading back into the 80s with a mullet. So, uh, but yeah, so I've got something booked in for April. Good, because my haircuts are usually DNS. Because <laughs> then lockdown happens and I can't get that. Well, hopefully you can get one booked in. Uh, and talking about bookings, um, who have we got booked tonight? Oh, that's terrible. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> but you never know, we might get booked for some other work for this. <laughs> is this where I pull out the book with her on the front cover? <laughs> oh, I know. This is it. How many book puns can we get in Here the first year? It is Joe Meek. Yay, good evening, Joe. <laughs> evening, the Scotneys. Thank I'm you sorry for having me on. That, oh, wait, well, hang on a second. We've suddenly lost sound, though. Oh, no. We had some difficulties before we came on. And have we lost oh, sound? No. Oh, here I we go. I can hear Joe. Yeah. We can hear you now. Excellent. <laughs> I think it's my my little earpiece. I can't hear you. Okay. Thank you for joining okay. us this evening. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Where are you at the moment? Uh, I am in Bath. So I work two days a week in Bath. Uh, so I drive off on a Wednesday night and work Thursday, Friday, and then go home on Friday night. So. Yeah. And what work is that? So um, I'm a physio. Most of the time I'm self-employed, but uh, I am employed by the English Institute of Sport up in Bath. Uh, Thursday, Friday, I took the job 18 months ago with a view of the Olympics happening. Obviously, we think they're still happening, but we're not sure. So I've been working up here with all the, the guys that are preparing for that. So it's been a really good experience. It's hard work, but it's a good experience. Brilliant. Excellent. And we didn't really give you a proper introduction. I was going to say, like, after months of fluffing it, I actually prepared an introduction and you just skipped it. I'm sorry. Whereas normally you put me on the spot and go, who have we got? And I have to remember it all. (laughs) Just keeping you on your toes, showing this is live. You know, this is a good evening for all of those who are joining us live already. got Sebastian, John, Paul and John. So let's introduce our guest properly then. (laughs) Joe Meek. Joe Meek. Great, great British runner, and yeah, a just amazing list of races because it seems like you can do anything, and also have been all over the world. So, I think I made a note of um, your fourth at the hundred k World Championships. You were seventh at the World Trail Championships. You've podiumed at MDS, CCC and one coastal challenge you know that race i saw you absolutely smash the field at the lakeland 50 one year and <laughs> a very hot race and yeah there's just so many all across the world indeed i mean the first time we met was going across to turkey wasn't it joe oh yeah so i think that's yeah, another that, that podium that i haven't mentioned Trip oh, hang on, we put the photo up, the, the band photo. <laughs> Ian Corliss yeah, took a little group of Brits out there. First trips away, but what a great race, a really good experience for racing abroad. Yeah, it's really well put on, isn't it? Isn't it culture, wasn't it? Yeah, in 2014, um, it was one of my first experiences of racing abroad. And uh, yeah, which so well looked after. We even had our own driver, didn't we? Um, we did have uh, all bodyguard, whichever way you want to look at it. But... <laughs> yeah, wasn't even mayor's. Uh, wasn't even mayor's driver as well. The night before was pasta with nuts on top and ketchup, so it was a unique meal. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Marcus arrived home having won his weight in olives, and so <laughs> it just reminds me of olives because we had them for months. <laughs> But I also <laughs> came home with rhabdomyolosis as well. With very I can severe... remember that. I remember <laughs> hearing you really laughing. I was like, wow, that's a shocker. Kidney failure. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, us on tour. On the other, so it was the first time um, I got to know you and you were kind of just a, you know, kind of flourishing into ultra running, but you also had one or two scrapes on your face. You looked like you'd been in some some fight. You'd had an accident. I just, I'd literally just managed to fall off the treadmill <laughs> and where most people might want to put their arms down, I thought I'd just go face first 
and managed to just get the whole the whole shebang knees, elbows, and face. <laughs> wow yeah. I'm like terrified of treadmills for this reason and everybody always says oh no nobody falls off treadmills <laughs> twice they've fallen off twice it's a right shocker <laughs> I mean we'll probably talk about treadmills a bit more as we talk about some of your training because of what we see you post on, on, on Instagram but we've kind of jumped ahead to, to kind of 2014 and heading out to Isnick and looking like this fantastic kind of boy girl band with kind of Tracy Dean, Robbie Britton and Stuart Eyre uh, and you and myself standing on these rocks looking very like we're about to drop our next album. You don't, you don't look like that. <laughs> <laughs> I look more like a boy scout, you I think, You look like actually. you're on a little trip. <laughs> I think actually that was also, because John came out, my husband came out as well, and John he did a great race there, and uh, the first time I kind of met Ian Corliss as well, because he was out yeah. there. So yeah, it was meeting a lot of people that have stayed in contact for since it's been it was brilliant it was a really good start it was it was a great race and yeah it was the first time i got to know ian really well and as you say the hospitality i mean isn't it still takes place and have changed the route quite a bit but they it was a real festival of running wasn't it because there was the yeah. big kind of 100 i think i did 160 it was about an 80 mile race so maybe less than 160 uh you did uh was it 100k was it 80k, 80K, 80K yeah. which you you won outright as well didn't you yeah, I don't know whether that says more about the standard of the Elliot runners that are out there rather than what I do. No. <laughs> yeah. I did, yeah, looking back, actually, I did manage to hold quite a decent pace for that. Um, it was really runnable, to be fair. Mm. I can't remember what the elevation was, but um, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, it suited me. So basically, runnable trails, perfect. And, and so, how did you get involved in that race? How did Ian? invite you out what had you been doing up to that point uh so off the back of mds where i was second and no one knew me at all i mean i've been running for years just road running uh off the back of that i got loads of invites so that was 2014 and then was it 2014 as well was it sure 2015? um is it when i did well, the would have been 2014 wasn't it I'm easter sure. time anyway wasn't it yeah. so it can't have yeah. been the same year back, it might have been 2015, probably like the year after off the back of that i got invites to other races and that was one of them Brilliant. i think i did well in 2014 and then did well in 2015 and literally did like 13 ultras in 10, 11 months or something and then had to have six months off completely <laughs> <laughs> overcooked it i was like wow this is amazing yeah i'll go to this race and that race and then learn that actually your body does catch up with you at some stage so a bit kind of like being in the candy shop yeah it was completely and i didn't want to miss out on any opportunity just in case no one ever asked me again <laughs> <laughs> so how so how did you get and end up doing mds so you we've mentioned you're a physio have yeah, you always no, been doing physio do that. it was literally just John and I, it was on our bucket list, and he was like, before I retire from running, I think, you know, we should do it. Obviously, that's a complete joke, because every year since then, he's done an ultra or two. <laughs> no, 56 now, still has no intention of retiring. Um, so we said, well, if we're going to do it, we do it together, because it was expensive. It was like three grand each. We saved up yeah. quite a lot, and um, quite hard for it, and thought, well, if we're going to spend that much on a race, we're going to train for it. And we really dedicated, the, you know, the 16-week block out, 12-week block out to train for it and uh yeah went for it I took it completely seriously I managed to get hold of a use of a heat chamber at the local uni which was a complete pain in the ass because you have to fit in the right hours 
go to work, go to there, and I had to take loads of leave to do it all. And But no, it paid off. And then from there, a second. And it was really competitive. It wasn't like it was a not competitive year, which mainly happens with my races. Like I came second in the cross-country nationals once because no one else turned up. It was amazing. But Whoa, um, whoa, yeah. whoa. Hang on a second. Hang on. Let, whoa, no, hang on. I'm going to put the brakes on there. I'm going to put... So before I was an ultra runner, I used to do a lot of road running and, and cross country. And I I have to make the confess, I never went to the Nationals because I was so scared. I went to the Midland Championships and the Regional and Birmingham, but I never went to the Nationals because I was so scared of, of how fast and competitive it was. So what year did you come second? Oh, yeah, I can't even remember that now. I'm not very good <laughs> looking back at the dates. Uh, where where, where was it? Can you remember where, where it was? It was Parliament Hill. Wow. So that slowed people down a lot because it was so boggy and muddy. Yeah. Um, and then Haley yelling, and then yeah, me. But I look back and I think, well, where was everyone else? Because it literally came out of the blue. They didn't even spell my name right in the results. <laughs> did, <laughs> did they misspell them? What with an E or with an A in me? Well, so at the time I was um, not married, it was Kelsey, and I think they put Kelsex. I mean, I like sex, but it's not my <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second, that's a bit of an admission we don't need on that. <laughs> well, it doesn't, I mean. Yeah. Oh, very true, very true. <laughs> so, so, um, so there's a good pedigree in you, I mean. Well, so we kind there of, was an England best later, wasn't there? And, well, it's been, we yeah, know you've had international. Got no, we're in the 20s. Yeah. No, so, so, right. was, so, you know, I did a 2.46 marathon. I, in hindsight, I could probably have run faster, but. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, and I left it all in training most of the time. And you only realise that when you look back. And you... So when anyway. you were approaching MDS, and you said that you put everything into training, was it marathon training that you'd prominently been yeah, doing before? Is that the training that you knew? No, it's all the training I knew, so that's all I did. Um, and I, interestingly, I lost MDS on the long day. So... Um, yeah, they, uh, oh God, who won it that year? That was um, uh, Megan, who does I run far? Megan Hicks? And, yeah, Megan Hicks won it. I mean, she, that was her fifth year in doing it. She was hell-bent on going to win it. And, you know, she had good pedigree, good experience. She put about an hour into me on that day. Uh, I managed to catch about 20 minutes back up on the marathon the day after. But, yeah, it was done. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just didn't have that. Uh, insight into you know running through the night stupidly I carried a one of those really tiny petzl e-lights I couldn't see a bloody thing <laughs> I had to by my knees to see where I was going and I thought oh it's really lightweight didn't actually realize I'd have to use it properly you know it's fine Marcus did that a few years ago at Cappadocia <laughs> <laughs> which is another one that you've podiumed at as well which we missed out <laughs> Yeah, that was a shocker. So no, so the yeah MDS I lost on the long day. So I everything else was great, um, really to be honest. And then um, so after the MDS, it, it opened up. There's us thinking, oh, that's the only ultra we'd heard of. It opened up a whole world of it's like a rabbit warren of other races to do. So yeah, we've been working our way. I don't often do a race twice. Unless I DNF and then I've got to go back and have another go. I was just thinking about that, that I don't seem to repeat races, but having the experience that you do now in terms of the training that you do for MDS, are you not are you tempted with that one again? Yeah, we, I would love to go back and, and, and give it a go, but it's, you know, it's expensive. It is expensive. And if you're going to spend your money, then there's other races out there. So, um, yeah, I've sort of 
for that. And would John insist on coming with you for that one? There's also that thing where you think you'd do better because you've done well there, but actually, you know, the competition's always changing and you just can't guarantee who's going to turn up. So maybe just take away the fantastic memories and put it to bed. Yeah. um, yeah. There's no guarantee that you're going to, I could come 10th and I'd be devastated with that. You spend five grand and, and then it's still good, but it, I would only go there to try and win it. So, and I don't think you can set that as your goal really on that sort of race. But Yeah. And, and MDS has been rolled over again. I was meant to do it last year. It's meant to be doing it this year and it's now moved to October, but I can't do it because I've got a race in September. So oh, it's like, no. I've got to wait till no. next year. Um, so, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm in perpetual MDS training every winter. <laughs> Three years. <laughs> Physio-wise that you coach and he's training for it as well. And I felt so bad when I heard the news because that's all he's training for. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So Alex had this like prolonged period like, oh, and we're back on. But then it's good, you know, I mean, it's, like, it's always better to have these longer periods to build up to these races and kind of short, short build up. So you, you obviously got a lot of kind of natural talent and speed there was that always there when you were younger no, you always... I really disagree with that I work really hard but as to natural talent and natural speed it, it isn't there at all you know you look at people like Ruth Ruth Croft hmm. but she's got a lot of natural talent and speed she's just done a 234 marathon and hoping to improve on that you know uh, and yet she can then ta- so talented she can go and run CCC as her like first ultra and win it you know I think I've just been running a long time. So I've been running since I was sort of 18. And I think with that just becomes a natural economy. You you do become efficient. Speeds I always have to chip away at. Um, I didn't really do sport as a kid. So there's not much talent coming from there. Um, But I do work. I do work really hard at it for sure. Um, what I've got is a stubborn mindset, I think, like the culture runners. But <laughs> and does that go back to when you were a child as well? Yeah, probably. I don't know where it comes from at all, to be honest. Um, it's just it, it's really innate in me. There's two things: one, I'm stubborn, but two, I'm in, really intrinsically motivated. I don't need much else to motivate me. You know, I, li- I like running for the sake of it. But people say you could just run and not do the hard sessions. But I'm really motivated to do them. I don't know. I still get nervous about them, but you know, it's um, I like to push. I think just like to see what's what I can do. So, has it been in lockdown when you presumably last year you just had your whole race calendar cancelled? Well, I tried to get a Western States golden ticket. I went to America in February, uh, Black Can- Canyon, a hundred k, and um, yeah, did, didn't get it, missed out. Uh, so then that was the only race I did last year. So. What I did after that, I had a bit of a niggle, so I addressed it properly and got over it and then just used the rest of the year for some consistent training and also really to get to know Dartmoor. And then off the back of that, I did the that FKT. Um, yeah, and since then, I've just stuck. It's easy to marathon train, so I've just stuck to marathon training and hope to, to do a marathon before I go back into the trails. But I don't know whether that will happen or not. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, should we talk about the Dartmoor then? That that all round because that was uh had that always been I, I mean cause you, so honestly you... I hadn't heard of it at all. <laughs> I grew up on Dartmoor, but I was a road runner then, and it just stuck to the roads, and then came back sort of two years ago. Um, so over lockdown, we were like, right, let's get to know it, let's cross it, north to west, east to south, etc. And then someone said, oh, twenty years ago, this bloke ran round it, and I'm like, oh, that is that sounds my thing. And then I yeah 
went to recce at Moore and did all the routes and spoke to the guy that did it, Nigel uh, Jenkins, and um, uh, yeah, and then met the people that had previously had a go at breaking it. And um, yeah, I thought, no, I can I can do this and I can do it better than they have, just because. I'm quite pedantic about my logistics and they just scuffed it you know they've just gone out buried food and then run around and, uh, and doesn't it kind of start and finish at a pub as well just yeah well. Well. although interesting i've since found out that you don't you start and finish at the tour and then walk to yeah. the pub the semantics of ways but for me it was great because it meant everyone could have a pint and some chips at the end so and <laughs> half of it was just getting the community together so finishing at a pub was was spot on really uh yeah so that was great i took a long time to recce it, know it really well, uh, ask for people to join me, but everyone, yeah, was really up for it. On every recce, the weather was absolutely stunning, and then the day I do it, and the weather was shite. It was like running through pea soup. It was terrible. It did clear up, uh, and Can then you hear... rain. I, I don't know no. if we're having some sound difficulties Sorry, on your we side. Can't hear you. I don't oh, know no. <laughs> I can hear you now. We can hear you now. Yeah, I don't know if it's on your <laughs> side of things, Joe, or our side, but that sound was just dropping out there. So you're talking about getting the community together for it, and then yeah. we dropped out. Yeah, and it worked really well. It was great. And then, uh, so yeah. this was August last year, just fitting in in between some of the restrictions that we had. Yeah, but it took about two months to wreck it, and uh, yeah, pull it off. And then I chose the worst day ever for it. The I think was... we've got quite a dramatic photo, actually, um, of you. It looks absolutely horrendous weather. It was like pea soup and rain. And, it, and it were was you going night. into the night? Yeah, no, I started at four in the morning and then finished. Oh, we seem to have lost sound again. I don't know if it's on our... Definitely not this end, because okay. I can hear you really well. Um, <laughs> we don't know if Rose listened to us live. We can hear you can. now. <laughs> I don't know if it's, if it's on our headsets or... Sorry, so I was just saying, yeah, were you going into the night there at the end? No, I started at four started. in the morning. And okay. then finished. Oh, well, obviously, you have to finish for, you know, at the pub, don't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> And is yeah. this your kind of standard approach for races in this meticulous planning and recceing? Is that what you would prefer to do for all races? Because yeah, I I'm imagine so. I it's, it's hard if you're racing all over the world to do that. Yeah, and sometimes, I, you know, I don't mind the element of surprise and let's just go with it. But if you can recce it, I mean, that was an FKT. I had to recce it. I had to know the route like the back of my hand. But, um, but yeah, on the whole, I, I just go and run, you know. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like. Sorry, we are having a bit of technical difficulties tonight. In that, quite here. (laughs) It sounds like it's coming through to Skype, but we're not getting on through to. um, Okay, yeah. And it's only us that's having this problem, apparently, from the comments from the people (laughs) live. I'm so sorry, everyone. Thanks for those who are. Yeah, brilliant. Ah, it's just on my headset. Okay, right. Brilliant. Brilliant. All right, you don't need to rub it in, everyone. (laughs) Right, okay, we might have to ditch our headsets and might get a bit of echo, but we'll see. We'll plough on for a little bit and see what happens. Right. Right, so should we just... Yeah, Yeah. let's go. Okay. Yeah, go go for it. Yeah, so, so, so you have this fantastic kind of dry spell leading up to the FKT. Yeah, and then the weather on the FKT was abysmal. I mean, I had recce it really well, but there's still some points where you question, have you taken the right line? Because it's just a, a sheep track. Uh, but, you know, in the uh, in the end, I probably only lost 10, 15 minutes in, in, at various stages. 
uh, on the whole. And by the end of it, whenever we got to the pub, it was glorious. So at least that was the main thing. <laughs> Brilliant. And it, cause it's got some quite, I mean, having read the report in, in Ali Bevan's book, um, which, I can, which I can bring a picture up of, um, it's got quite um, hairy kind of river crossings in places, isn't it? Yeah, no, they were. They were really deep because the rivers rise and fall really quickly. Um, so you could go there two hours later and it would be, you know, at knee height. And I was really worried about drowning the tracker, which was in my short pocket. So that's how deep it was. Yeah. It was pretty much um, pretty much up to my waist on a couple of crossings. But uh, on the whole, you know, it's fine, cool. to be honest. We're, we're, we've, we've taken our heads yeah, off. Yeah, sorry, cause... we kept asking a question and couldn't hear the response, which was ideal. <laughs> so, so, so we hope people who are maybe listening might be a bit of an echo. We apologise, um, but we can't hear your answers, and it'd be a bit. It's going to be a very long interview. We keep going. Oh, what was your answer? Again? If everybody else who's listening in on this is going, oh, we can hear Joe perfectly. Um, so, and the idea of the round was it that uh, Nigel Jenkins had done like the Bob Graham and was looking for something. No, it literally it was the eve of the millennium, and he was like, "I'm just going to run around Dartmoor." Okay, say like that, but he obviously put some prep into it because the tours he chose, and uh, and he, it was New Year's Eve, so the you know winter a winter crossing, so he had to use ropes for rivers and stuff like that. So he had put some thought into it, but yeah, it was just a challenge to get back before closing time, really. Um, we've got a question coming in from one of the people watching live, Paul Feely, saying, did you recce the course during the night? I did do um, one night recce, uh, but most of the time it was daylight, to be honest. Um, the actual route wasn't too difficult. Where I got stuck, and this was me being stupid, really, was because I'd recce it so well, I didn't take a map. I took a compass, but I didn't take a map. So when the pea suit was there I was like mm, this is just I'm just gonna have to go on the best bearing I can remember <laughs> which was not brilliant um my sense of direction is rubbish as well so although I can map read I my sense of direction is poor so there was one stage where John fed me and then sent me off and two minutes later I came back because I'd literally just looped back on myself because <laughs> I couldn't see anything and also uh, yeah I just got disorientated but after that I was fine <laughs> Because Dartmoor is quite featureless, isn't it? It's yeah, you say it's kind it's of featureless, and there's just a lot of bog and wet, and unless you can pick up something that you recognise, it's it's pretty difficult. Um, and are you still out training on that route yeah, and terrain, like, or have you just well, did you have enough of it from that one one no, night? I mean, I've been out bits on it. I, I've been quite selective. If it's been absolutely raining, then the Dartmoor's pretty miserable. You know, just ploughing through mud. And um, we've got some really good trails down by a river, which I use quite a lot. I've been pretty lucky in that respect. So, and obviously, as you said, you've mentioned, I, I've been using a treadmill a bit more than I probably normally would. Just to, you know, sometimes you just want to get a quality session in and that's the only way, especially with the ice. I fell over on the ice two two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So that, oh, yeah, I'm too old for that sort of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to do, kind of go on a bike as well. Is that something that you specifically do for cross training or have I just happened to see when no, you've I been out? like a bit like I have a turbo set up at home but really it's if I'm injured I'll go on the bike I don't often train twice a day so I don't wouldn't then run and then bike um I do commute on a bike a little bit so when I'm in Bath I commute but the commute's tiny um a couple of miles so 
but yeah no I do go out on a bike a bit um in September a friend and I cycled the north coast 500 in Scotland just because we could you know we thought why not it'd be brilliant so yeah if there's an opportunity but you know that's the brilliant thing about being fit from running you can sort of just transfer it across can't you to enjoy other stuff Um, and you mentioned there about being injured and I kind of just assume that as a physio well you couldn't possibly be injured because you'd see something happening in the you know the second something didn't feel right but (laughs) does it not work like that (laughs) and also you get too emotionally involved so so I've got a tendency to think something and as soon as I think of it I think the worst thing ever you know literally oh my god I've got a slight pain in my heel oh my god I must have a Achilles problem well I've never had an Achilles problem so why would I get that you know and you rub it and it goes so you tend to think the worst and then you 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 think I'll just run through this for a bit and by the time you finished six weeks later you really do have a problem so it's either or so actually if I feel like I'm getting injured I do go and see someone else Um, (laughs) (laughs) I also get a massage uh every two weeks so I can keep on top of stuff which I think you know running's not that an expensive sport so a massage isn't isn't too much for luxury really And, and do you do anything else I do gym work. I do a bit. Of, I say a bit. I mean, at the moment, once a week at home because there's no gyms open. But uh, gym work and uh, trunk work. Uh, but no, that's it really. Run. Yeah. No, run mainly. And as a physio, are there any tips that you can give people to kind of prevent injuries? I literally up? couldn't say enough. <laughs> you should do gym work. Be strong really don't and you know the amount of people I get in I see a lot of runners and they just don't have good stability and it's not difficult to get I mean maybe get it off the back of an assessment with someone personal trainer or whoever but uh, yeah I would say keeping strong you can't underestimate the, the power of that really so just going back to that year that you had after MDS and you said that you did a crazy number of races <laughs> what was your next race after mds um well isn't it would have been in there i did um a coastal challenge in costa rica and um, yeah did won that and i think got a course that, record that was, at that. I was again really because that was the first offer of a race so i was really determined that's where you heat chamber again and anna frost was there but she couldn't race um, and then I met a few other people, Mike Wardian and stuff. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and then uh, so there was a race like in the um, Mourn Mountains, uh, which was good. It's Stevie Kramer who had a good battle, but she she got the edge on me. Um, yeah, loads of um, world the world champs come there. So the 100k in Doha might have come up the back of that year. Um, and that was that was great, but it was all on. Um, it wasn't just tarmac; it was like granite slabs. Yeah, it was all kind of a cobblestone one, wasn't it? That year, I remember yeah, big, hearing all the big, feedback. Big yeah, slabs, really hard on the body, and that was um, twenty laps of a five k loop. Um, and how but, do you run yeah, further than great. a marathon on that sort of terrain before, or was that quite oh, a big step up for you? No, I think that was a big step up. I'm trying to remember when I did Comrades, because whether that was before or after, I'm not great with my history. I must <laughs> remember stuff, but I never Quick, I'll get the book about you. I'll see if it's it. in here. <laughs> get a bit lost in it all. You need a website with all your lists of performances on. 
Well, I've started doing a blog and I write about races. Um, so I can remember because I, yeah, I don't tend to just retain stuff. So, uh, and then I can look back and remember them all. And I've put, you know, now when they first, when I first started writing, it was really matter of fact. And now you can put a bit of feeling behind it and the photos. And yeah, it's really, it's really good actually. I quite like it. Because Paul, Paul Feely, one of um, Claire's patrons on her Facebook group, asked a question earlier today. So he's obviously gone back to when we interviewed Lizzie Hawker. We listened to Lizzie Hawker's interview, who, again, another amazing female at run like yourself. But she kind of said that in 2005, UTMB Victory changed her from being just a competitor to a race winner. And so Paul was asking, did you ever reach that point, Joe, when you suddenly realised it was not just about competing, but that the realism that you could actually win these events? I mean, obviously you were going into a lot of things like MDS, already a champion, you know, having come second in the um, British Cross Country Champion, which I never knew. So there must have already been that kind of spark of light. I, I mean, a, I, I always entered every, every ultra to be competitive, if I'm honest, but um never to assume I'd be a winner but just to be as competitive as I could be so from the beginning I've been that rather than just complete the, the interesting what can I do um yeah I went in I could have probably actually been more competitive in the area I was a bit taken back because everyone said be careful of the heat you know be wary of it and not so you so I was and I probably actually could have pushed a bit harder but no I went in to it hugely competitively um, and I always thought top five would be, you know, great. Um, so yeah, that's always been there. Um, I don't go into every race thinking I can win because now the standard, well, now I'm getting old, but the standard is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, people are running seriously fast off the back of huge, you know, really fast marathons. Um, so, but I still want to be as competitive as I can be. I haven't got to the stage where I thought I'd just go and enjoy this. Um, I've made some mistakes. I've entered races where you. You assume you've still got fitness from a previous few months away, and it isn't there. You know, it does drop off. So I've made mistakes where I've entered a race, set myself up to fail a little bit. But um, now the races seem to be so few and far between. They've got no excuse. You've got to enter a race, for it, haven't you? <laughs> so you said you like in that first year you did like you, you know you was that kind of child in the candy shop. Whoa, look at all these amazing! I'm doing this race. Go and get. I'm going to do. Got invited to this race. But you said you then end up with, was it an injury, fatigue, or what? how did that kind yeah. of then six months manifest itself? So, interestingly, I thought it was an injury. I actually thought it was an iliotibial band injury that hurts around the outside of the knee. Um, and I had, oh, I mean, great, I wasn't really, um, I just started out as a physio, so, and also I was completely blinded by the fact I couldn't run. There was nothing else set up. Now I know, you know, just get on a bike and stuff like that. But, um, uh Actually, what had happened was there was nothing wrong with me, iliotibial band, um, and I even got an injection into it. I got injection into the knee. Honestly, it was crazy. Uh, nothing helped. And what I realised was I went to see a chap in Manchester, actually, a physio up there, who was a runner in his day, 223, so pretty rapid. I knew he wouldn't tell me to stop. Uh, and he treated me, and he was the only one that was pretty ferocious with the treatment. But what we worked out was actually my fascia just got stuck. So probably all those ultras would have been fine, but compounded by the Doha race on the really hard ground, and then not, and then you know flying straight home, thinking, oh, I have two weeks off, I did no stretching, I did nothing, and then started back running again. Well, I hadn't changed anything. Yeah, I'd rested the system, but I hadn't changed anything, and my fascia just got, and it just manifested as stuck around the knee, 
So every time I ran, it was a really sharp pain. Uh, he did one treatment, and I was pretty black and blue in that area. But literally the next day, I was pain free, and I sort of that took about four months to to sort out because everyone just assumes it's you know you have an MRI. They say well you can see a bit of inflammation, but you'd have inflammation there anyway. Now I know that. So yeah, it was a real good insight into the power of fascia, which we know so much more about now. Six years down the line, we realise it's our you know the skeleton of our nervous system really. Uh, but at the time, no one really talked about it. You know, it was so. Yeah, that was it was a stupid injury. Didn't need to be out for that long if I just seen the right person at the right time. But now I know straight away. I get a niggle, go and see someone. Don't don't sit on it. But, yeah, um, I mean that's such great great advice. And being a former sports therapist, yeah, it's always that people always wait. I ever just been two weeks before their race. You yeah. know, they, get, they go oh, and yeah, I man at times had people in the clinic going. I've got this injury, but I've also got a race next Saturday or I've got Newark half my Anyway, but yeah, it's always that, leave it to the last minute. Well, and the other thing is people always think that rest will make them better and ultimately they won't. Body yeah. needs movement. Yeah. Um, and often we can just change something and it goes, but it's, yeah. You know, we spend 120 quid on shoes, but 40 quid or 50 quid for physio appointment, people are like, oh. But actually, you know, I, I now do it. You know, it's a, it's a really good investment, so... Don't sit on an injury, that's what I'd say. Definitely, yeah, great great advice. So you had that, that six months off, and then, so you then started getting, did you always end up get regular treatment, or did they again have another period where I like, I've maybe over-raced, I've overcooked this again? Or or is that kind of that dark period in the past now, and you're able to? Yeah, I hope, no, I hope it's the past. I now get, obviously, regular treatment, but I'm also much better at knowing that I do have a tendency, if I'm going to build up, tightness will be the, my lap, the outside of my thighs uh, and my quads so yeah just making sure I keep on top of that really um, and I'm much better at doing that I mean I'm not religious I'm not a zealot at stretching I'll probably stretch twice a week but I'll give a good hour you know watching at the moment John and I are watching Game of Thrones so that's a perfect opportunity to bury your head isn't it and stretch for a good hour <laughs> is it, is it? I think we're back uh... <laughs> I'm back. We're back live. We're sorry about it, everybody. Uh, we are having real technical. Our headphones are not working, and now the broadband, our internet just went down. Um, so, in terms of choosing races now, Joe, what sort of things do you look at when you're deciding what races to put in your calendar? Well, that, on the oh. Facebook group. <laughs> no, that's a different. Ah, <laughs> uh, kind of. Can't answer. Can we can tie about question two? So, um, Arlene on it, the uh, world well, ginger running. Can you hear us okay? Can you hear us? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. This is the joys of being live, hey? <laughs> At least Sherlock's not sat between us snoring tonight. He's over on the other chair, but you might be able to hear him snoring in the background. Um, you don't want to ask? Oh, so I was asking about how you decided what races to do and kind of what attracted you to certain races. But then Marcus reminded me, we actually, somebody had already asked that to put to you which was what race was your favorite and why and what events do you have on your bucket list so slightly different okay so I tend to choose a race in a country that I'm interested in going to so um, sometimes I just look at the country and then find a race in it so I went to Kazakhstan to do a race and I've been to Russia I think um, we've got I, one was the, it in Iran you did a race I think we yeah, had a photo a from Iran, the Deer Park race. Trail so I sent that picture, it was a nightmare. I had to wear full cover in 40 degrees of heat because women had to fully cover up. Yeah, I'm guessing that's a disadvantage to the males that didn't have yeah, to. Yeah, the men were in shorts and singlets and then I was dying and I was so sick for like three days afterwards, completely annihilated myself with heat stroke. 
yeah, literally I flew out of Iran, went to Dubai, and I was staying with a friend, and I was still being ill. Oh, it wiped me out for ages. And I actually thought I'd done some serious heat stroke damage, but uh, I went to get tested, actually, blood tests, and they were fine. So, um, yeah, so no, I, I choose the country. But don't get me wrong, I don't want to shy away from the competition. Having said that, in every race I've been to abroad, I think I've still been annihilated. There's some seriously good runners that don't make the world circuit. Um, uh, yeah, and they just race in their own country. Um but um, I, I yeah. So in terms of favourite races, um, I really like the Coastal Challenge. I mean, that's a pretty special place. Really, uh, just incredible. We had a holiday afterwards for a week, and I just topped it off. It was, it was amazing. Um, but uh, and it was you know really good and competitive. But then I did the Golden Ring Ultra in Russia, which was really good as well. Just just because it was so different. Just I'd never, I always wanted to go to Russia, and it was. Uh, yeah, in terms of bucket list races, I'd really like to do Western States, but the chance of getting in are probably pretty low, so I might have to suck that one up and just accept that it's not meant to be. Uh, I like the races with good atmosphere where you meet like-minded people, so I do like the UTMB week. Um, my so race that is one that you you have gone back to a few times, isn't it? Yeah, so I have. I did the CCC and was delighted, and, and then you think, well... Oh, I'll give a go at doing the extra 70k it's, it's a whole different world oh my goodness the world just fell off <laughs> so we've got a photo of you finishing that was that when you finished second at the ccc yeah ccc that was incredible it wasn't expected but you know you look back training gone really well I tapered perfectly um and, and i you know i'd wrecked it uh, so i knew it well yeah it was, it was brilliant and where were you living at the time for that a, uh, in Hampshire, <laughs> that Hampshire. famous mountainous. <laughs> yeah, really. So I did all my uphill running on treadmills. <laughs> really? We both said that together. Oh, there. Well, just... <laughs> what what gradient were you hitting your yeah, treadmill? Yeah, varied it. Really varied it. But most of uh, uphill running was on a treadmill, and then I did go out and do a recce about three or four weeks prior to it. But I did it in slow time, so I know they do recce. Well, I've done it UTMB recce's in like three or four days, but I think I did CC see recce in three or four days and in fact i camped out overnight a wild camped just yeah it was brilliant just 20 miles a day camped out on my own overnight and then yeah a re- really enjoyable recce it wasn't pushing the pace or um so that yeah it was it, i should have learned more from that uh when i went to do the utmb recce because everyone else was doing it in three days it was just too much for me I just couldn't um, assimilate the changes um, you know I'm not that strong so I need time a bit more time probably to develop the strength and like some of the because you know the difference between the 100k runners and the 100 milers they're, they're big girls they're, they're strong you know the so yeah I probably needed a bit more time to adjust but you know live and learn so anyway the first time I did UTMB I was 20th I think and then second time I DNF'd it just came at a really bad time um and then yeah so we'll see we'll see what happens about three days before you tell me my dog of 15 years had died and i thought i could probably hold it together and it wasn't great <laughs> but you think you can you think you can block it off but also i trained too hard i'd raced in russia about five weeks before raced really hard and done a really hard recce and yeah i was just too tired just too tired but uh, you got plans to go back to utmb well, I have. Uh, for those of but. Just, 
I'm just gonna no, I'm just gonna sneak in under the radar. Hopefully, <laughs> <Do it. laughs> no, but I've got to go back, and I can't finish on a DNS. So. Yeah, cool. Uh, so talking about, I mean, kind of, I'm gonna be jumping about here a little bit, kind of jumping back to the FKT. Um, Simon Tucker, who's watching us live on, on YouTube, has uh, asked a question: If you have um, any advice, do you have for running in the dark after doing the FKT? Um, I don't know. Maybe Simon's still doing some training. It's getting lighter now till six o'clock almost, Simon. So, and it's lighter in the morning. So, come on, get out there. Get maybe get you know. Up, bear that yeah, up, bear no, but basically just get the best head torch you can get. Make it really comfortable. I always think putting a buff underneath your head torch makes a huge difference. Otherwise, it sort of moves a bit. Um, and also can give kind of pressure points. Gives you a weird headache. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah, getting the best. But the, uh, the running at night. Is, is absolutely incredible because there's nothing else to distract you and you can hear your breathing and your footsteps and I think it's a really beautiful experience um, but I would definitely get a good head torch <laughs> that error is that talking from experience then? yeah after my MDS nightmare <laughs> that kind of teeny tiny e-light just didn't didn't cut it and make sure you're familiar with it like so i did a race in hong kong and the batteries ran out um make sure you're familiar with how to change the batteries <laughs> and how long they last for because it came as a complete surprise to me that they ran out and then i was all a fluster i mean i did it but i mean that doesn't sound like you because it's like you're saying i mean we kind of lost sam when you're talking about the fkt about being organized because we have kind of skipped that because you said you're a physio now but you, you originally went to do physio university, didn't you? And you weren't successful. You went off into the army? Yeah, so I tried when I was 18, but I'm not actually that academic. So there's no way. I don't know what I was thinking. I was going to get A's and B's at A-level. So I went, I did a sports science degree actually, but then in London. And then um, uh, went into the army because I wasn't going to do anything with my sports science degree. Um, and I thought I quite like camping. <laughs> it's a bit, bit, bit more to being in the army than just camping, isn't there? From my, my understanding. She knows that now. So anyway, did the army. I did uh, a year at Sandhurst, became an officer, and then I did short service commission. But I still knew I really wanted to be a physio. So when I left, so my CEO at the time, my commanding officer, wrote me a really good report, and from that I got into Plymouth Uni to study physio. So got there in the end at the age of twenty-eight. Um, and then I've been doing physio ever since, and I love it. So oh, good! It's uh, as good as you hoped it would be. Yeah, <laughs> after yeah. that, I've ten years done. getting in. And have you just done a masters as well? Isn't yeah? No, I... That was awful. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I think you know, in order to get up in the sporting world, you do need certain credentials that you just have to have. And I just thought, well, I'm going to give it a go. But really, I should. The best advice to do a masters is do it full time. But I did it part time for three years. It was so stressful, so stressful. You, you know, you, I can remember going to race in Transvulcania, and I had an essay to write. And my race and it just got so merged. I couldn't, I couldn't. You know, there's so much noise in the head, in your head at best of times. But I was trying to focus on a race and also get this assignment done, and I just raced terribly. But you learn, don't you, from things like that? And you think, well, I'll never take work away with me again. And you know, I got through the masters, which was yeah, impressive. So I was quite pleased with that. <laughs> was that in physiotherapy, obviously? Yeah, physio. Yeah, at bar. So. And is that what's then opened the door to be able to work? 
No, no, no completely separate actually. Yeah, and just went for. I saw it on the website. Went for an interview and yeah, got it. I was absolutely amazed. Um, and it's been brilliant. So now, so the the contract's for eighteen months. So that will end at the end of this month, and then I'll go back to being a contractor. So as and when they need me or the team needs me, I'll, I'll travel with them or whatever. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think you mentioned before we came on air, we were having a quick chat while we were having <laughs> issues with headphones, which was so it wasn't the best kind of pre chat. Um, but it's for the Olympics. Have you been working with some of the Olympic athletes? Yeah, and... yeah, and really, yeah. So, hopefully, uh, hopefully the Olympics happens for them because they're, you know, they're still training really hard. And normally they'd be all the way on warm weather camps and they're having to, you know, cycle, run, swim, etc., and all these. Uh, foul conditions so yeah hopefully for them but yeah it's it's, been, it's good to see uh how they train you know it's not but you know it's not much different from amateurs they just got all the time to do it you know the same level of dedication is uh is there on all levels i think um but i just like to see people get out there and doing it so. yeah they're, 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 as i would say kind of elite athletes just have more time to rest um, yeah, do you know what? As I've got older, it's I still don't have a problem getting the training in, but you struggle to get the recovery in. Yeah. I'm like a warm mouse most of the time. I sleep a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that's what elite. I mean, I always remember hearing about Paul Radcliffe having snoozes in the afternoon. It's like, ah, oh, that's what. That's the dream. <laughs> that's the dream. <laughs> Yeah, to go running in the morning, have a snooze in your head. Uh, he was lying on the bed with that recovery thing <laughs> 40 part, minutes earlier. Well, that was part of my, yeah. Well, got to get that recovery in, haven't you? Yeah. Um, so, and I mean, I was going to say about the kind of how inspiring was it kind of working with living habits, but Simon Tucker's just posted another question here, um, which is a fantastic one. And um, who, I would like to say, is who is your, or do you have an, an idol or running inspiration? Do you know what? I got asked that in another interview recently, and I can honestly say I don't. I I think everyone in their own way is pretty impressive because the amount of struggles that people go through just to get out the door to go for a run. Yeah. I find the everyday person pretty inspiring. The people I chat to in my clinic in in, in Exeter, they're incredible, and they, they you know they're almost apologetic for wasting your time and I'm like no we've got to get you pain free you're seriously in pain here let's get you pain free and running again uh, or you know or whatever just going to work again but um, I I honestly don't have I do have people I admire so um, I always really respected Bruce Tuller the, mm-hmm. the marathon he ran across America in the 70s yeah. I'm just finished reading his book uh, yeah, you know pretty British stoical top upper lip you know stiff upper lip but a great runner um, and really humble would talk, you know, talk to anyone. Um, but I don't really put people up on a sped pedal sort of thing. I think that, you know, people are incredible um, and they make the most out of, out of opportunities. But, you know, like, um, I just think everyone in their own right is, is pretty impressive. You just don't know the story, do you? I like, you know, the phrase, don't, don't judge people, you know, from what you see, because behind that wall there's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's so true. And, and Bruce Tully was an amazing coach as well, Coach Richard Naruka. And wrote yeah. one of my favourite running books, which I still have a yeah, copy from the 90s. Book as well. yeah, yeah, running is easy yeah. or easy running or something, which is just it's such a shame it's no longer in print because that was my Bible when I first started road running. It was kind of so important to me. And, um, but I'll, I can have to check out that book then if it's about him running across 
um, America. But yeah, it's so true, isn't it? How we get inspired by other people. And we, you know, I was the same in clinic. People would say, oh, I won't be impressed with their half marathon or marathon time. You know, it's like, well, yeah, yeah, I would be. You know, I always am. But, you know, because yeah. that, as you say, that hard work and dedication, what's gone in. Everybody's exactly. on the journey. Everybody's on the same journey. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. We're all doing the same thing, you know. I, but don't get me wrong. I've sacrificed a lot of my life to running now. So people just assume that you're you're good because you're talented. But actually, it's all the same. It's just hard work. Yeah, it's all running is really. At the, you know, this level, it's uh, yeah. How, you know. how do you approach your training, Joe? Do you have a coach, or is it something that you set yourself? Do you follow so quite a strict? Um, when I was marathon running, I you know used the club coaches. And then I got a coach, um, and actually um, I got a bit put off, you know, in terms of um, training in a club. It was hugely competitive, and I used to dread the sessions. It was always Tuesday, Thursday night, and I used to almost all day sort of dread them. So I approach my training now that I'm going to fit it in when I feel happy doing it, which is generally in the morning, get the, get the run out of the way. One, to just enjoy the, the morning time, but two, if it's a session, just so you don't have to hang around all day. And more recently, I have begun to ask for advice. So in order to get a decent marathon time, I quite like keeping a decent marathon time under my belt because I want to get good for age. I'd like to do the six world majors at some stage. Um, and it's easier to get in if you've got a good time for your age. So um, yeah, I've been getting advice uh, recently for a marathon um, of a guy called Alan Story. He's coached a few good marathoners in his time. Yeah, he's, he's coached one or two. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, I think, you know, if people are into their marathon running will know and recognise the name Alan Story. So he's, yeah, wow, that really, must be, that's pretty impressive. He doesn't suffer yeah. from stuff like that. Cool. Uh, he says it as it is. Brilliant. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't formalise my whole training, but he'll definitely give me the key sessions to do a week. I don't need just someone to say, like this week, I'm so tired. Normally I do a session on Tuesday and I've just sacked it off. In fact, I haven't even run today. So I'm going to try and, yeah, see how I feel tomorrow. It's just last week was busy and then I probably trained a bit hard at the weekend. doesn't normally happen like that. But uh, it's someone to say, you know, sound, the sounding board, which is pretty useful. And then I'm just going to think about it. I think, yeah, as I move to the trails, I'm, I'm going to, yeah, uh, swap coaches. He, he's happy to guide me, but really I want someone to be a bit more specific so I don't mess up any, you know, races are so rare now i don't want to mess them up so yeah i will i will get to coach and uh go from there uh, do, so, so do um, you keep your training online or do you have a training diary and you know, it's still really old-fashioned it's the old spreadsheet i don't don't do strava because i think it would be really bad for me bad in what um, way i just think it, I, yeah, every time i came across a segment i feel the need to, have to <laughs> push it but and actually most of my runs are pretty slow you know a lot at, eight thirty nine minute mile pace slower maybe so that probably wouldn't help me and then I'd feel that I'd be pushing my slow runs too hard and I just don't think I've got the discipline to not feel that pressure so yeah I haven't, I haven't gone to Strava yet and do you ever use heart rate in training or is it always kind yeah, of on pace heart rate bit, uh, especially because I train on my own and I think I probably have a tendency to be a little bit lazy so in the sessions, I'll say, right, I'm trying to push up to a heart rate I know I've got to get to. And yeah, uh, yeah, I like using heart rate. It's also good, you know, why can't you get your heart rate up? You know, good reasoning, you know, to analyse the session, whether you're just tired or just not eating enough carbs that day or something, you know. So yeah, no, yeah. it's useful, heart rate, it's useful. 
Oh, sorry, I was just going to ask about the carbs and just ask yeah. if there was a particular diet that no, you followed. That was, <laughs> that was my question. Of that was oh, sorry, I didn't need to butt in there. <laughs> no, I don't. I literally everything in moderation completely. I eat normal diet. I, I, I actually don't eat meat, to be fair, but that's... Um, yeah, I don't eat meat, but I eat fish and I eat everything else. Um, the reason why I said carbs was because I'm really good at burning fat. And to run fast, you need to burn carbohydrate. You need to make that your primary fuel source. So what I've got a tendency to do is do a lot of my runs faster. So first thing before breakfast, that doesn't work if you want to do a session. You just can't get your heart rate up at all. Yeah. And so what I've been learning especially while marathon training is to make sure I've had a good breakfast and I need it at least two or three hours before and consume carbohydrate while I'm training not because I feel like I need it because my body will just go back to its old method of using fat so that's been quite interesting for me and have you learned that just through kind of trial and error yourself or has that been a more scientific approach no a little bit of trial and error and also always the feeling that um I'm really out of breath on some of the hard efforts before my heart rate's got up there and I was chatting to people and you know I'm, I'm basically burning fat so you know my body is struggling and I'm thinking I know I can go faster than this it's a really weird feeling so I'm just trying to you know play with that a little bit more or you know I'm running at threshold and I know in a park where we come up a hill everyone else just leaves me standing and I'm you know left slogging up the hill and I can't understand it because I know I'm fitter than them but really, I can't adapt to use the carbohydrate quick enough. So, yeah, I'm just a sluggish runner. So I'm just trying to change that around a little bit. So it's been a bit of a learning curve on that. Yeah. And is there a marathon that you kind of feel will go ahead that you're going to use this training for? Or is it just wait yeah, and see? Yeah, X was meant to happen, but that cancelled last week. I'm going to try... Um, there's a marathon in Gloucester, which happens the same day. But I think because it's on closed loops and they can set you off at 10 second intervals and there's a smaller field i think that's going to go ahead so i've actually entered that um, that's it's august isn't it is that in august or yeah, april april pretty yeah end of april so same day as wrexham i think wrexham marathon so yeah we'll see and are you it. aiming for a specific time for the marathon i really like to get under sub three as to how much i get under sub three i don't know but yeah sub three would be good i think my good for age is between 320 for Boston and 340 for New York or something. It's pretty generous, but uh, that you know, the higher up you are, the better, more likely to get in. So may as well go for it. Have you got plans to do kind of Boston or New York? Yeah, one day, one day. Yeah, but it, I think it, you can't do them unless you've proved you've done a marathon recently. Yeah. So just to get a marathon under my belt would be useful, and then um, I can apply and go from there. Have you done London marathon? I've done London and I've done um, Berlin, but none of the other world majors. So. And have you done a road marathon since you started ultra running or were that all your times from pre-MDS? Uh, pretty much pre. Oh, no, I did Exeter. So I came back from Kazakhstan, which was 70k, and Exeter was the following weekend. <laughs> For some reason, I thought it'd be really good to do that. <laughs> and then that would give me a good phrase, which it did. I did 304 or something. Okay, so and you got away with that, or was there any kind of fatigue well, or lust? I for under three, but I died significantly okay. in the last few miles. But um, <laughs> yeah, that was fine. It got me the time I needed, but then um, I, yeah, I didn't get into the, I didn't get a good phrase, so place. But yeah. 
And then, right. assuming the marathon goes ahead and races start opening up, is there anything next on your calendar that you could tell us about? Or yeah, just... so hopefully the calendar will happen. So I've got um, the race in Finland in May. I really fancy, but just because Finland would be great to go to. <laughs> I'll try not to sing the Monty Python Finland song right now, but I'll resist the temptation. But, uh, brilliant. And how long's that? How far is that race? There's, there's loads of different ones, um, but it will be it will be really close to Mozart, which I'm in. Oh uh, yeah. So is that carried over from last year? That's a great the race. Mo- Mo- the first one is Mozart in June. That's a wonderful race, Mozart. Yeah, and it's quite runnable, isn't it? Incredibly runnable. But that just, be just watch the tree roots around the, one of the lakes. Oh, so gosh, you know. if you can fall over there, Joe certainly can. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, Joe, yeah, yeah. I'm only bad with treadmills. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> I didn't hit the face. I just did a good kind of cutting of the arm and the elbow and the hip. So There was a graze. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a bit more than a graze, but anyway. But, yeah. And so after Mozart, then... Uh, so that would be June, July. There is some talk of needing to do a qualifier to see if we can get to the World Trail Champs, maybe July. But um, and then August, beginning of August, I'm going to um, Trans Rockies. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, which is a six-day stage race. Yeah. yeah, that's meant to be an amazing race. I've heard exactly the atmosphere. So I was due to go two years ago yeah. on my own. Um, and then this year I've um, changed it to run with a buddy who I met doing a park run. Um, she's called Sean Longthorpe. So it was finding um, basically someone to run with. Anyway, we're both going to do it as a team event. Has she, has so, she done any multi-stage races before? No, and not with <laughs> Has she done anything longer than the park run before? <laughs> no, no good, good marathon runner. Uh, okay. Really did a lot of my round with me. Um, but they're not big long days are they on trans rocket it's just no, very 20 miles a day or so yeah but it looks absolutely amazing absolutely yeah. beautiful race so um yeah so no, there's that and then um uh utmb <laughs> and then it's quite it's quite a busy calendar from what i'm hearing calendar. and then hopefully World Trail Champs, maybe, if I get in. <laughs> the week after. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. see Excellent. So, yeah, not, not too many races this year, then. No, just pack them in at the end of the year. <laughs> well, they're carried over from next year. So, oh, last year, I mean, so they don't Do you know what they are? I'm committed from last year. Really, so. <laughs> well, that's a problem a lot of people got, isn't it? So, uh, yeah. Um, brilliant cool we've got um, kind of two more questions we're going to finish on we've had Orange Goblin who's um, <laughs> posted a, a question uh, I don't know if it's better than being a, a troll isn't it being a, a goblin online they are asking uh, as someone who runs purely for pleasure during your training or racing what percentage of the time do you experience extreme discomfort if at all sounds like you do do some harder sessions yeah I, I, would, I mean uh... Often, um, so I, I would really push it two times a week, any more than that. I used to do it three and I just can't recover. So that I would find them, one, I get a bit nervous about them, and two, they generally hurt quite a lot. <laughs> um, and, but, but, you know, sometimes you can just go out for a, what you think is a straightforward run, a steady run, and 
everything just aches or, you know, it's pretty, and then sometimes you go out and you feel fine. Um, a lot of it, you know, the body can't really tell the difference between physical and mental stress. So a lot of it is just dependent on how tired you are, what you've done at work, how much stress you've got. Well, when we first moved into this house in Dartmoor, we didn't realise that so much work needed to be done. And, uh, you know, every run was really, I go for a run for a break, but every run was really actually horribly achy and, and you don't realise your body's just tired. So, yeah, it's a real mix, isn't there, of what you get out of it. Uh, but the times you feel good, you just hold on to them and remember that. And you also, you know that you know if you train harder in in uh, in training, then hopefully the races will feel a bit easier because you know you've buried yourself before. So that's the idea, anyway. Uh, and, and in races, so have you hit many of those real dark kind of moments of like this is yeah, just I mean, pure? Yeah, God, it doesn't. You just hope that everyone else does. Maybe not at the same time, but you hope everyone else does. There are moments when you just think, God, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Um, and in actual fact, that's why I DNF'd at UTMB, not last year, but the year before, because I, I was just like, I've got 40 miles to go. This is awful. What, what is the point? And, you know, you get as you get older, you realise you don't need to prove yourself. In, I think we you know, saw you at that race. Was that the same one? <laughs> so, so um, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, you know, as we know, ultra running is mainly mental, isn't it? So... Yeah. You've got to be fit enough to run a marathon, but after that, it's all in your head. So, you know, make sure you can take yourself to some pretty good places. <laughs> yeah, so, so do you have any kind of mantras or anything you do to get to that good place? I, I, I mean, I remind myself that I have actually volunteered to do that. <laughs> Sometimes paid a lot of money to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, it is actually a privilege because when you can't run, you realise yeah. how much you want to. It is, I do remind myself, I think having been injured a lot that is a privilege to run and you should always remember that it's not your right um and that make that makes me feel quite strong about running so brilliant yeah. excellent are you going to finish on the squirrel question well, uh, <laughs> and, yeah, we've had a fantastic hour of kind of lots of chats and we've had some technical glitches and internet going down which is always good but we have uh, again on the facebook group um one one question came in and uh, from from Paul Feedy, who said, uh, so on social media, if people go onto Instagram, you're on Instagram, aren't you? And use Instagram quite yeah. quite a bit. But over there, you're known as the Running Squirrel. So why? So when I first started training for the MDS, we had a border terrier called Rufus, and we used to go into the woods, John, me, and Rufus, and Rufus would like head off after a squirrel, and we'd have to sprint after him. And we thought, well, this is quite good fartlek training. Let's not stop it. So we, we began to call it squirrels rather than let's go and do fartlek training. Let's go and do squirrels. And we'd be tearing off after the dog. Uh, and then I said, you know what? If I do well in NDS, I'm going to have to get a tattoo of a squirrel. Uh, and so it came about that it, we, we deemed that second was good enough. So I a tattoo of a squirrel. And since then, it was just a running squirrel. But it came from Rufus, the dog. <laughs> so if I hadn't got a lazy beagle, maybe I'd have been as good as Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, the, the crazy thing is, Rufus really didn't like running. It was just the squirrel thing. Oh, okay, he, was... he did you know, do a few little runs, but generally it's the squirrels that motivated him. So, so was it a love for nut butter, or just kind of sit there sometimes and going, 
no no although i do have that mentality i can be concentrating on something and you know a bit like a dog squirrel oh what's happening? <laughs> you know easily distracted <laughs> fantastic no joe yeah. oh well there we go now we know why you are called the the, the running squirrel on, on instagram <laughs> fantastic well thank you so much yeah, thank for you joining so much, us joe. um no and... pleasure thanks for having the chat it's great and good nice luck with all your with your marathon well. and races this year yeah, yeah. Enjoy, enjoy Trans Rocky because that's going to be um, an absolute amazing, amazing race. So, um, yeah, thank you so much. And stay safe during lockdown. Enjoy the rest of your training. Yeah. And we look okay. forward to seeing See how you get on. Soon. Yeah, we'll catch you soon. Okay, Take bye. care now. Bye. Well, there we go. What a fantastic evening there with Joe. And sorry about our technical glitches. If you've been kind of watching us live and listening along. And uh, if you have been listening to us on podcast and you've liked what you've been listening, please give us uh, a bit of a rating and uh, kind of get us up there. And if you've been watching us on YouTube and you've enjoyed us, please click the subscribe button um, and keep updated with what we've got coming up. Claire does some other videos on YouTube as well. And if you've got any comments from tonight, please pop them down below and we'll try and answer them as well. So we hope you have a good week. I was just worried you were asking me who we've got next week and I couldn't remember what order they're in. I think, is it, is it Mimi Anderson next week? But don't hold us on that. We, we There's think a we've 50% got, chance. It's, it's, we need to go and check our diaries. Um, we do keep a very organised diary at times, but maybe this is just falling apart a little bit. Uh, but yeah, so it could be Mimi Anderson talking about who's got a fantastic new book out. She is an amazing ultra runner as well. Uh, incredibly inspiring so please join us next Wednesday half past six here on YouTube have a good week and we'll speak soon take care bye now hi it's Claire here I hope you enjoyed this podcast these live chats take place every Wednesday evening at 6.30pm UK time on World Ginger Running YouTube channel and the link is in the show notes I just wanted to let you know that you can find this and loads more advice and inspiration and gear tests all about trail and ultra running on my YouTube channel, Wild Ginger Running. There are training tips, advice from elite athletes, top coaches, nutritious recipes, key exercises, injury prevention information, and tons of trail kit reviewed from running packs to poles, waterproofs to head torches, GPS watches, and shoes, 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 and did I mention shoes? I've been going for a few years now, so there's a huge archive of content to help you out with your trail and ultra running. To quickly and easily find the information you need, simply type your query into the Google search box and then write wild ginger running after it. Then Google will show you whatever blog posts or films I have on that topic. Give it a try. And if you appreciate listening and all the information I share on YouTube, you're also very welcome to support me on Patreon, which gets you some additional excellent perks and the chance to win some awesome prizes. For as little as the price of a cup of coffee every month, patrons get discounts, extra films, access to the exclusive Facebook and Strava groups, the chance to ask questions to every live chat guest, plus automatic entry into my monthly competition to win £400 worth of trail and ultra running gear. There are only about 150 patrons, so the odds on a win are way better than the lottery. Interested? Find me at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Thanks for listening, guys. Have fun, enjoy your run, and I'll see you on the trails. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.